Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Welcome to another episode of Small Doses. As promised, I said that we were going to continue the conversation with my very good friend and sister, the board chair for Planned Parenthood Affiliates of California, freedom fighter, Christy Henderson. Uh, Let me tell you how this conversation even happened. We were on the phone and both of us, we always start with how are you? But, you know, that's a pleasantry right now that really is associated with like, how are you managing, right? And we both started um, just venting about all the things and the thing about Christy, though, is that when she vents, it's, like, very factual. <laughs> like, it's, it's still very factual. It's very practical. It's a lot of curse words. Yes. And so I said, you know what? I would really love if it was possible to, to bring this conversation to my audience because I know that you all are folks that are very action-oriented. And I also know that what's going on in terms of the way that laws are changing and specifically around Roe versus Wade is is... It seems like an insurmountable um, issue. And in many ways, it really is extending far beyond what a lot of us can imagine based on us, our knowledge base. And in this, a short call, Christy just opened my mind and my eyes to the innumerable ways that it reverberates. And I know a lot of folks can tell themselves like, well, this really isn't my problem. And I think that's something that is very convenient. Um, but once you know better, you do better. And so here we have Christy to to help walk us through um, not only some understanding what's actually taking place, not just what we think is taking place, but also ways in which we can uh, be setting our sights on our best efforts to challenge that. So Chris, I would love if you would just break down for me. Okay, first, actually, before we even get into that, first of all, what do you say to folks who are like, well, you know, Planned Parenthood was started by a racist white woman, so her focus was on aborting children. So I don't know why y'all aborting black children. So I don't know why y'all care about Roe versus Wade. Distraction <laughs> is what I say. I mean, it's so much, so many layers and so many levels. Distraction. I understand the concern because let me be clear, we've known each other for a long time. My actual official job title is gatekeeper, protector, and defender of Black folks. And so at all costs, know that I approach everything that I do with that. When we want to go down the Margaret Sanger kind of roller coaster, one, now isn't the moment for it. Two, it's inaccurate. All the information is online. All the information is at Planned Parenthood.org to understand the significance of the period of time that we were in when Margaret Sanger found Planned Parenthood, understanding um, <laughs> understanding what the eugenics movement is about and understanding that, hey, we are in a society that nowhere have Black people been protected or allowed to be free from the beginning of time, right? That right. it, 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 it definitely has, um, there are some troubles in our past, but there are troubles in our past 
in every institution that we're a part of, especially this institution that we call the United States of America. And so I understand the concern and I don't want to discredit that or to make anyone seem as if, hey, this is just irrelevant. It's not it's not helpful to the time and the moment that we're in, in terms of protecting ourselves and our freedom. And it is not the motive and the initiative of Planned Parenthood in its modern day, nor much of its post day. And so, yeah, if they want all the details and information, do the research. Like, I love, love, love the experts that pop up all over the place. COVID experts that have never been to medical school. Planned Parenthood (laughs) experts that have never opened a book or even understand what the movement has been about. And so um, trying to reserve as much judgment. I told you this morning, I'm still still in the process of I'm falling short today. I'm I'm passing some judgment here and there. Um, But I just want us to stay focused and not distracted on all the things that keep us from collectively uniting to advance the freedom of all Black people. And that is one of them. That's one of the things. Well, let me say, you know, I think there are some people who would say, well, this isn't really about all Black people because this doesn't apply to Black men or this doesn't apply to men in general, right? They're like, this is a woman's issue. And so, you know, like I had somebody in my DMs be like, I mean, I don't understand. Like, is it really that hard not to get pregnant? And I wanted to (laughs) reach through my phone uh, also because, yes, it is. I mean, I had a scenario where so many women who are listening right now have had a scenario where they slept with someone and when it started, there was a condom in the mix. Mm -hmm. And when it ended, that condom was no longer there. And they were not informed in that situation. And so now the onus is on them if there was a problem, if if there was an accident where a pregnancy took place. And I say accident because you weren't operating with the goal of getting pregnant and you were actually, Mm -hmm. you were taking the methods. Listen, let me just say, if a condom was there in the first place and it was removed at the end, there's a whole nother conversation that needs to to happen, right? Like there's a whole nother situation that's happened. I also sometimes just get exhausted with women needing to prove to anyone why they've had an abortion, right? Like for every single person who's had an abortion, there is a different reason. There's a different experience. There are all of these things. But the truth of the matter is, it's none of your fucking business why I had an abortion. Like that's that's the point. There, <laughs> there are all of these things. A septic uterus calls for an abortion. An unintentional pregnancy can cause for an abortion. All of these things. I feel like part of the, the strategy, right, is to keep us defending and to keep us explaining yeah, yeah. and to keep us asking for permission over mm. and over again when the truth of the matter is my body is my body what i choose to do with it when why and how is up to me and so i could go through all of the stories of why i had an abortion why i know people who've had an abortion it's no one's damn business but my own But to protect the right to be able to have access to safe abortion is above and beyond all of this. Abortions will not cease to happen. People will not stop getting pregnant. The amount of sex that's being had will not decrease. We actually know that in a recession, it increases. We know that pregnancies increase. And so for all of these reasons, It is absurd that we're at this moment in time that feels like 
1901 when we actually do not have the right to determine what's best for ourselves and for our families. I mean, shit, I could write, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, team. What are you saying? I'm sorry, (laughs) team. I'm like, oh my goodness, I could write a laundry list of all of the reasons people have an abortion, right? Like, I could go through it. Some you may agree with. I mean, listen, I had a miscarriage. And yep. I had to have what's I had to have a DNC to have the miscarriage pulled out. And Absolutely. my doctor told me, you know, um, this is not really allowed in other states. She said mm-hmm. in other places, I wouldn't be able to handle this. Uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to handle this in this fashion. You would simply just have to wait. And the the psychological uh, duress of even that it, people don't understand or care about, right? And by the way, by the yeah. way, you know who came and picked me up from that procedure? Christy Anderson! Listen, we've been in it together from the beginning of time. <laughs> we've been in it for a long time. Tell me what corner you're going to be on. <laughs> I will swing by Pulling and then up. I will come inside <laughs> with the mask on. Like, COVID who? Like, COVID what? I mean, listen, and and another point, like, talk about the emotional stress of being able to deal with your reproductive health care when things are legal, right? Like, the amount of sisterhood that we needed, the amount of support that we always have to have because the world is working against us is magnified in a space where it's illegal, magnified in a space where you don't have the resources to actually access legal and safe abortion and reproductive freedom care. Like some folks can go to Canada, right? Some people can get on their private plane and go to Europe. Some people can travel to California where they can access this. Many cannot, many cannot do those things to access safe and legal abortion. And so, I mean, the fight is real. And I think that one of the other things that we we don't hear talked about is the intersectional nature of the injustice, right? Like, I know I'm using all these big words that mean little to nothing, but this is not just a healthcare issue. It's a criminal justice issue. It's an environmental it. health issue. It's all of these things. For so For those who think it doesn't impact them, you're sadly mistaken. It impacts Every single one of us, regardless of your bank account, regardless of your right. ability and and ability to travel and escape, it impacts every single one of us, regardless of gender and socioeconomic status. And well, so we're going to see. Mm-hmm. No, no, when, go ahead. When you when you pointed out, like, listen, when the, in the states that have the uh, caveat that an abortion is allowed in the instance of rape. Well, there has been a history of women accusing, of white women in particular, accusing black men of rape wrongfully and, and deciding their fate. So in this, if we're creating this situation again, you're telling me that's not another situation that you could be in danger of, brother? Listen, and you'll hear the narrative that, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't happen that often. Get out of here. Get out of here. The easiest person to prosecute in a case of, Rape is a black man. 
Yeah. The easiest. And so when, and, and this might be against, some of the stuff I'm saying may be against popular opinion. I'm wearing, I'm wearing the Christy Henderson hat. I happen to play these, all of these roles, but these are my <laughs> personal opinions based in fact. And so we see oftentimes what the criminal justice system means and does to people of color. You have a state that's going to say only in the case of rape, you may have a state, some will not even say that. Can someone have an access? Can someone have access to abortion? Desperate times call for desperate measures. You don't know to what end someone may go to access abortion care that they would not have if they didn't meet a certain level of criteria. And so when we talk about a criminal justice system, are we thinking about how we're protecting those who will now be accused of rape? And listen, those who will be accused of rape who've committed rape, I'm all for how do we prosecute them, right? Like this is not a statement of how do we protect everyone from being accused of rape. For those who will be accused of rape because it's the easiest option, there's a whole nother layer of things that we need to be worried about there. And it is directly attached to to overturning Roe v. Wade. We will have limited access to legal counsel. We, we already know what this is. I mean, I, I could break this down even more, but we know what it is. There is no safety in the criminal justice system for black people. And so now to introduce even more people to the opportunity to be part of this criminal justice system should keep folks up at night and should make them put on a shirt to stand up and to say, I think that this is ridiculous and it is my responsibility to fight against the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I just, I mean, (laughs) we're going to fight it one way or another. Well, tell me this, you know, I think a lot of us, right, are having conversations in silos, right? Because we're speaking from logic and from humanity and compassion. But the truth is the people who are making these decisions are not considering any of those things, right? They are considering their own personal value system or lack thereof. And they have a very specific goal in mind that, um, for all intents and purposes, is a catch-all for whoever gets in that, whoever falls to the wayside in that, like is irrelevant as long as they get to their goal, right? Which is, according to many people, that goal is to simply just produce more white babies. Uh, To other people, that goal includes a certain level of uh, political and socioeconomic power, uh, that they're using abortion as a topic to wield folks behind in terms of voter support, et cetera. But my question becomes, when you know you're dealing with the devil, you can't reason with it. So then where does our effort go then to undermining it? Listen, white supremacy is a well-oiled machine. And it shows up everywhere in everything that we Listen, do. Listen, I so, know that y'all are like, damn, she said exactly what Amanda say like every episode. Every <laughs> episode. I say the same shit every it time. It is a weld oil machine that works when you're sleeping, works when you're not paying attention. It works to keep you confused, works to make you think that it doesn't make sense. It makes sense. The sense is to work against you. And so for all of those reasons that people may imagine Here's why they don't want us to access abortion care. Many of them may be right. Many of them may not be right. But here's the thing. We want the freedom to control our bodies. We want to have bodily autonomy. We want to have access to abortion care. I can spend 
all my time trying to figure out why crazy is crazy. Right. And I probably will not be able to, to figure no. it out. However, I can also spend my time working to defend and protect the people that need it most. And what that looks like is we can also talk about how we should have voted a long time ago. We could talk about how we should have shown up to the polls and all of those things. But you know what? I got to say this, though. I think people would have shown up had the Democrats been a lot more clear and um, a lot more expressive in what was at stake. I don't think people truly understood what was at stake. If we're being honest, Hillary was right. She saw this coming, but Hillary wasn't nowhere she needed to be. Hillary didn't stump in the places that she needed to stump. Hillary wasn't out here giving us her best version of charisma, which is a low version, but her best version. And I think we're still in that place where the Democrats are still not. You are being clearer than I have seen any Democrat aside from AOC in explaining Mm -hmm. what is actually at stake yep and being and igniting people to then say oh now i see what is here and now i see where i'm at and now i can consider how i need to be a part of that yeah yeah Listen, I get you. And we have dropped the ball. And when I say we, I do not mean the Democratic Party, because in no way am I a representative of the Democratic Party at all. We collectively along the way have dropped the ball in certain areas that we could have done better. We also have to stop searching for perfection. Nobody is perfect. Nobody is void of not having a stumble or a fuck up moment at some time. But it does not excuse us from doing the work that we individually have to do to make that happen, right? Like there's so many reasons that there's so many reasons that our political landscape looks the way it does. But I tell you what, for that very reason and reasons is why we now need to be even more vigilant about being engaged in the process. We have to vote now more than ever. Part of it for me is understanding the significance of voting and what my ancestors have gone to to guarantee the right Right. for me, right? Like I'm sitting here fighting for freedom, for reproductive health care, for criminal justice, for all of those things that are actually in line. And so if you don't think that it matters, one, do it out of respect. Two, do it because it actually does matter. And so right now, if we want to control, if we want to have more control or more say, you have to get the people out of power who are making these decisions. It isn't just the Supreme Court. Oh my goodness, how do I, I can't get the people off the Supreme Court. I can't do, right, but you can figure out who your DA is. You can understand what local elections look like because people have the power to enforce law or not to enforce law. And so we are organizers by birth if you are a black American and you understand what it means. Sometimes there is no straight straight path to anything. Once one door is closed, figure out another one. I'm coming through the back window if I have to. Leave a crack, something. And so if we cannot move in one area, we still have to continue pushing in another. If it is the law, Okay, I may not be able to change that right now. That might be a long-term goal. Short-term goal, I need to make sure that people who cross the border, who cross state borders to receive access to care are not then penalized 
when they come back home. They are not criminalized when they come back home. Yet again, what we're talking about is if you cross to go into another state and you come back and they can show any proof when no HIPAA law protects you that you went to another state to have an abortion, you now can be prosecuted. That's your job. That's your ability to provide for your family. That's your ability to put food on the table for your children. That's fines and legal fees that you may or may not have simply because HIPAA laws could not protect you despite your company saying we will cover these costs. You have to fight against that. You have to make sure that people who are seeking this type of care are coming back into states that do not prosecute them for these ridiculous laws. And so in order to fight that, the people who are making the laws that would say, okay, this is not going to be criminal are your state senators and the governors, because the reality is, is that they are putting the power back to the states and their federal government is basically saying that states get to decide, you know, individually what they want to do. And so now more than ever, we've been screaming at the top of our lungs that you got to care about local elections. Now more than ever, the president is a figurehead to you in, in reality of what they're setting up. Your Mm -hmm. governor is the president of your state essentially. And your state senators are exactly that. They're your senators. They are state representatives and senators who are creating the laws that you will be adherent to in that state and that you won't be able to challenge on the Supreme Court level. Absolutely. Absolutely. And listen, you're giving it to them better than I am. I mean, yes, you are. I I will tell you, uh, politics isn't what I study, um, but I know how important it is. I also want, want to throw into that, Amanda, as we're understanding who controls what and why it's necessary to vote at a local election. Let me tell you one thing that black and brown folks have a stronghold on, and that's creating culture. And at this moment in time, culture influences policy. When we think about how uh, Black History Month and Stevie Wonder go hand in hand, when we think about MLK Holiday and creating a song that was a cultural explosion, right? We're still singing the song today. That actually was what pushed legislation over the hump to say, now this is actually an official holiday. Culture impacts policy. We are brilliant at creating and impacting culture. I think one of the things that policy uses so well, white supremacy uses so well, um, those who are against every bit of our freedom use so well is stigma and shame. And the ability to make us feel badly, the ability to make us feel less than for decisions that we've made that are in in the best interest of ourselves. It's it's by design. It's by design. We can tackle that left and right. Black Twitter is a powerful beast. It is powerful beyond measure, which is why it remains under constant attack. Our voices remain under constant attack in how we use it. And so in these moments, yes, vote. Yes, go to the polls. Yes, understand your local election. Everybody's activism looks differently. There are other options. And, com- and, and components of activism that means using your voice and using your culture to share your story and to protect, defend, and stand with others in that moment. And so, you know, we can't legalize something that we haven't normalized. Ooh, if you're scared uh, to talk uh, about it, 
Listen, you know what I'm going at. I don't know what I'm saying sometimes, but we cannot legalize something that we have not had the ability to normalize. Mm. If we are talking about abortion, if we are talking about reproductive care and freedom in the corner and whispering and making code names for it and all of these other things, they will continue to use that against us at every right, turn. Right. And, and, and listen, I know the one thing that I'm saying is freedom isn't free. Freedom is not free, nor is the fight for freedom safe. And so I don't want anybody to hear me and say, oh, well, Christy told me to go do all of these things. I made a decision a long time ago that safety wasn't what I was, wasn't on my agenda because I had to let it go. I made the decision a long time ago that I was not looking for the free route to find my freedom because it doesn't exist. I'm paying the price every day. And so when we talk about the courage to stand up and say, I too had an abortion, when we talk about the bravery that it takes from men who stand up and say, I've benefited from an abortion. That's not lost on me and it shouldn't be lost on any of us. That's why we need the collective to fight and defend when people put themselves on the front line. But you have to put yourself on the front line. If you're not willing to put yourself on the front line, we're not sitting at the same table. We're not sitting at the same table. Yeah, I mean, th- 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 this is the hard truth that I feel like a lot of folks are right are like, damn, I don't know if I'm ready to be on the front line. And listen, and like, I'm I've just... existed on the front line for a long time of just yeah. and I've taken the heat and people have seen the heat that I've taken and they say, I don't know how you do it. I don't know yeah. how you manage it. And I will tell you, I manage it because when I assess and I ask myself, you know, would it have been better to keep this to myself? You know, sometimes I'm like, okay, I could have worded that differently, or maybe I could have timed something differently. But ultimately, my my resolve always comes down to feeling like, no, there was more help for the uh, for others than there was hurt to me in me sharing. Yep. And I'll I'll put something else to that because I think that that is you using your, that is you using your gift and that is using your voice for activism. I understand why some people may say, I don't know how you do it because I'm gonna be quite honest. My ability to be on the front line from the beginning of time has privilege wrapped all around it. Part of my privilege is the fact that I can stand on the front line in in my own way right now. And so I want to be clear in understanding that everyone's activism looks very different. The safety um, or the lack thereof that standing on the front line in the same way I do or you do may be much different for other people who have different resources, limited resources, different responsibilities, just different life experiences in general, right? And so when I'm I'm screaming and I'm judging and I'm like now you you got to you have to be loud, you have to be on the front line. That looks different for different people. Loud to someone who has a different walk of life might be dropping their friend off at a place that they know they have resources and, and I'll pick you up. I'll be here at this time and I'll pick you up and I'll come back. Some of those things might be, I'm going to tell someone you're somewhere else at this moment, whatever the cover is. Being, right? an, ally. Like, Being an alibi. 
yep. being an out, all of that, all of that. But what you have to do is something. And I think one of the things you do so well, and people don't understand how much courage and strength it takes is doing it anyway, <laughs> doing it anyway. I am going to say something wrong all the time. You call me tonight, tomorrow, I guarantee you, I'm going to say something that might not be perfect. I may make a comment, make a decision, make all of these things, but trust and believe I am here because my intent is to fight for the freedom of our people, right? And folks don't understand how beat up you can become from doing all of those things and enduring everyone else's opinion of how you did it, when you did it, why when, you did it. When they are doing nothing. Right. And are not allowing grace. They're not allowing grace right. for yeah. the humanness of all of us, as opposed to saying, you know what, Amanda, I thank you for speaking truth every single day in defense of me and my, in defense of us in our community. No one is ever going to get that 100% right. And so when we think about this fight against Roe, when we think about this fight against the government and all of these other things, grace has got to be given even to our leadership and those who are trying to move the needle to say, there is no blueprint for this shit, right? Like we are figuring it out each and every day, but what we are all collectively doing is committing our work, ourselves and our voices to protecting and defending that freedom. And I hope that people will hear that over and over again. Do your shit. Someone is going to say it wasn't enough. Someone is going to say yeah. you could have chosen B instead of A. Yeah. None of that matters. Do something. Get active. Protect and defend what you know is right for ourselves and for others. And so yeah, I went on a tangent there, but I just <laughs> have to say... I commend you because I don't think people understand how difficult it can be to stand up and to be honest and truthful and centered in, in what you're doing. I mean, I, I definitely find myself sometimes just like, damn, should I have said that? Like, what's going to happen? What's going to come down the pike? Am I going to, am I about to get an email? Am I about to get served? You know, like you just, am I about to lose this yes. opportunity? Um, you know, and that comes with, Speaking about just injustice, you know, I've seen friends of mine who have supported Palestine, like be blacklisted. You know, I've seen friends yeah. of mine who have, um, you know, just asked questions about, you know, factions, et cetera. I've seen them have opportunities taken from them. I've seen friends of mine who in trying to correct past wrongs are still, you know, sequestered to their former self, even in consistent atonement and pursuit of a higher version. Right. So yeah. it makes it to, it, it can be very, um, it can be very unattractive of a choice to make, but I will say that, you know, the other part of this that, that we're stepping into is that it's not just about being on the front line anymore in just being subversive or in challenging the mainstream. But now we are, many of us put in a position of criminality that we were not in before, right? Oh, so yeah. that's yeah. the other thing. Like when we talk about criminals and we talk about we, the judgment that we pass on criminals, so often we don't realize that what determines somebody to be a criminal is simply just the law of that time and who's in power. Yeah. Right? yeah. So literally, literally as of Monday, 
of last week. What what day did this pass? It's been my, my mind is in such a like. I feel I like think, it was Friday. Was it Friday? I, I, I feel like I, it was Friday because I was literally on vacation. A blur. It's a blur. It, 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 I think it was Friday. I, I was on vacation and my vacation wrapped with the notification coming through. I was like, what? Um, but I believe it was Friday. So within that amount of time of a Friday notification that Roe versus Wade had been overturned, an entire swath of people were now considered criminals. Yep. Simply yep. because a regime deemed them that. So that's yep. part of the, that, so that part of the grace is also the element that we have to put ourselves to because I think we forget. You know, Martin Luther King was considered a criminal. These motherfuckers love to tout this man's name and throw him out there when it's convenient, et cetera. They said he was a criminal. He was in a jail cell. He wrote Absolutely. a whole book. For, you know how hard it is to write a book? You know how long it takes to write a book? He was in a jail long enough to write a whole goddamn book of letters from the Birmingham jail. And so as I a criminal. You, as a criminal. So I would love yep. to, and, and so I would love to, and now he has his own holiday. Yep. So I would love for you song. to also, and it's, that we sing on a regular mm-hmm. basis, as you mentioned. So mm-hmm. I would love for you to also just present to folks the ways in which we've seen the criminalization of this even before this overturning, because I don't think many of us, myself included, were aware that they were criminalizing um, abortions to this extent, even prior to this ruling. Listen, black freedom and joy is is criminalized every turn, right? And my yeah. mom often says that rules are only made for those who follow them. And so in order to mm. create change, you probably are going to have to break the law. Yes. Not encouraging anyone just to run out there. Good, Good trouble. trouble. Good, Good trouble. Part of the design is why we don't want to be part of the criminal justice system, right? Like if I know that I'm gonna have to break the law, but if I break the law, these are the consequences of my action. That is by design to deter you from breaking the law. But our freedom is attached to breaking the law because I'm not free under these current, under the current legislation. People who sold weed, you are a criminal, and then you are a concierge luxury lounge service where you can smoke the finest strands of blah, 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 right? Like, to your point, it's only criminal because someone deemed it to be the case. But what we understand is that there, there are consequences and impacts of criminalizing yeah. reproductive health care, criminalizing reproductive freedom. We see it right now, Mississippi, Alabama. Oklahoma, where people are serving sentences, not being charged, already charged, convicted, serving sentences for miscarriages and being charged with manslaughter from drug addictions and all types of things, maybe when they didn't know they were pregnant. There's so many layers to this. There's just so many layers. But what we are seeing is that this has been criminalized before overturning Roe v. Wade. We didn't just get here overnight. We didn't wake up and now all of these things are happening. It very much had been happening in the beginning. Now we're adding more legislation to legalize it. We're adding more resources to legalize it. And it will continue to impact those that criminalization impacts the most now. And I'll tell you what, we not even, we hadn't even, we didn't even dive into the impact that this has on the South. Like think about the hub of our culture, the hub of our 
black cultural institutions and saying, how do we attack that? We attack the South. We attack we attack everything that's the root and the anchor of who we are. It touches everything else, but we talked about this. If I can't get an abortion in Louisiana and I come to California, but the minute I fly back into Louisiana or across the state line and you show proof that I've had an abortion, I'm a criminal. My Uber driver is a criminal if he drove me to a location. In Texas, we saw that. You know, and so all of these things are back again to your voting, back again to if it is criminalized, how then do I ensure that those who are in power on a local level will now not enforce the criminalization of these ridiculous laws that prevent us from accessing safe and legal abortion? Like it. It is, it is intertwined in everything that we do. And so when people say it does not impact me, it does. It, in, it impacts women, men, those who are non-gender conforming, all of that. All of us are connected to this. And if we don't see it, which is why I want every group and organization that marches and fights when we have injustices from gun law, we have injustices from same-sex marriage, when we have injustices from polluting the ocean and the sea and dogs and cats and everything AAPI, else. Show up now. AAPI. Immigration. Yeah. All of it right now. Where are you right now? This doesn't have to be, the, it is, it doesn't have to be the conversation of what are they going to attack next? If one of us is not free, none of us, none of us free. are free. And so let's fight the injustice now so we don't have to continue to say, but what's going to come next? But what's going to come next? And when it, it, and in turn, because I know you hear me talking about reproductive justice and reproductive freedom, but at the next police shooting, the next time a black person probably happening right now while we're on this call <coughs> is going through the criminal justice system, I want to see the women's rights movement. I want to see the Roe v. Wade activists show up then too. And so I, I, I don't want you to hear the hypocrisy. I'll find something to be hip hypocritical on. You'll catch me on something. This isn't it though. And so I am holding the movement, the, I'm doing air quotes, the feminist movement, because that's a whole nother conversation. Yes, it is. Equally as accountable and responsible to show up in the face of injustice all the time. Because I'm going to tell you what, if we showed up better when Trayvon Martin was killed, mm -hmm. if we showed up better when we are, if we showed up better, mm -hmm. then we would have more representation and a stronger voice right now. And so I, you know, I, I think it's hilarious, but not how we can separate um, injustices. And so- well, I mean, I've, I've had people when I was talking about immigration, you know, I had people saying, you know, this isn't our business. They don't help us. So why do we help them? And I'm like, well, first of all, immigration is not specifically just relegated to Latinx people. So the, no, the, the most deported people are actually deported to what's considered black countries. So yeah. there's that. But also 
I'm trying to be someone demonstrating the change that I want to see, which is I want to see the folks on the Latinx side who have made immigration a very specific part of their work. I want to see them showing up when we see police brutality going down because police brutality is going down against immigrants and ICE and border police, all of that shit. It's all related. We're all absolutely, absolutely. We're all in it. And imagine, imagine someone living in the U.S. illegally, right? Who now needs access to an abortion? Girl, either lives in a state where there's where it's legal and or not legal. That is a whole nother layer of terror, torture, and trauma that's placed on that person, their family, and their community seeking care. Because guess what? If you go outside of your state to receive care and you have complications and you come back, can you go to the hospital? Can you go to a doctor? Can you receive care for a complication that you had from either an unsafe process, procedure, medication, or an illegal process, procedure, medication? No. And that impacts every single one of us because now it impacts our job market. Now it impacts your community. Now it impacts your wait time when you need to get into the emergency room for something else. And we're now trying to treat a situation that should never have been allowed to happen at all. And so the interconnectedness of this and listen, you should they should also be at the school board meetings because one of the things that they're taking away from the curriculum is sex education. So now we've removed sex education. You don't want to fight for immigration. You all none of this has anything to do with you. And here we are. Here we are. It is going to touch your doorstep one way or another. You you can deal with it now or you can deal with the impact later, which will be tenfold, I guarantee. And we don't want to do that because it's already too damn much. It's already too much. Just quick action points that people can make moves on before we get out of here. One is vote, 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 like vote. And if you don't hear me on the vote, 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 use your culture. Tell your story, storytelling for those who create content, for those who have amazing TikToks, Instagrams, everything else, create content to normalize this language. I don't know. I have yet to see an egg that's been fertilized without a sperm. That sperm came from somewhere. Call, call it what you like, that, that sperm came from somewhere. And so speak up. Folks who have sperms, speak up. How about that? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want to do the, the, the verbal gymnastics. Speak up. Where are you? Those who don't, speak up. Where are you? And so what can we do right now? We can vote and we can reduce stigma and shame. Use your voice, use your culture. (laughs) I want to say use your logic and common sense, but we know that that's not where we are. Use what you have to impact and do something. Yep. And your community, your community might be your friend circle. It might be your family. You know, it might be your classroom. uh, It might be, you know, your coworkers. But I think, you know, to Christy's point, we really don't understand how effective simply just speaking and using the grapevine can be. And so much of the access and the advancement that Black folks in particular have had has been through word of mouth, whether it's about our art or about our movement, et cetera. It's through word of mouth. 
we we are all in a process of radicalization. And if you do not see that as a part of your process, then you are a part of the enabling of these things happening and yeah. not just not just happening, but of them becoming the new normal. And that yeah. is what all of us should be very, very fearful of, of this getting further and further down the road to where it becomes a new normal. When we look at our leaders that have been put in place right now, we do need to vote people out, but we also need to challenge the folks that are in place right now to speak up and do what needs to be done. And that comes in calling your representatives, that comes in emailing your representatives, and that comes in calling out your representatives. Listen, they yeah. all they are all seeing the Twitters. They're they're seeing yeah. the Instagrams, they're they are seeing it. And when we march, that is a part of a multi-pronged effort to raising our voices and mm -hmm. to and when we raise our voices, what it does is it empowers the folks who are already weak-spined, by the way, that are in these positions of power. It empowers them to feel like, you know what, I can step out and say what I need to do because my feet are rooted in the people. Yep. Yep. Culture and community have been our savior from the beginning and God um, for many who are here in this. But culture and community definitely have been what's what sustained us to this point. We have to use it. Wasting time criticizing how other people choose to show up as activists is exactly that. It's a waste of time. We have to do something. If you can't march, you call a young person who can march and say, write my phone number on your arm in a Sharpie. Because when you do get arrested, you need to be able to call someone to bail you out. I might not be able to make that march, but I might at this moment be able to bail you out. That's my role. And so everybody has their role in the fight. We have to support one another. When you see someone step out there courageously to share their voice, stand with them. Yes. Even if you don't have the voice to say the same thing or at the moment, let them know that you have their back and their support because freedom fighting can be really, really lonely. It can be extremely isolating and you can feel as if everybody um, just wants to see you fail or wants to be part of the downfall. And we need to collectively support one another who have the courage to get out there and do the work. And so if there is a candidate that's running for office that you don't 100%, that you don't 100% approve of, but your 80% approve of it, get behind them <laughs> and support those that are doing the work because right. the impact of having that person in office could be another moment like this, right? I don't have to like you. You don't have to be my best friend, but you do have to work for the betterment and the safety of my community. And so mm -hmm. take a beat, stop and support and show support for those who are doing the work because we need to hear it. We also need to show support for those who are doing the work differently than we do. Yeah. Um, but there's power in numbers and unity and there is no safety and security in the world that we live in individually. If we're not fighting together, we're not going to win. Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary folks, there you have it. That's where we are today. We're going to do all this all over again tomorrow because that's really what it's going to take also is just repeating the message, living the message and demonstrating the message through real 
action. And some days it may feel like all the energy I have today is to just speak it. Some days it may be like, you know what? I'm, I'm going down to the courthouse today, <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. but, but it really is a way of life that is, that has to be, um, implemented in how we are going to challenge this, basically this coup that's taking place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the call is coming from inside the house. Don't wait till your house is on fire to learn how to fireproof. Um, and the sad fact of the matter is our house is on fire. And so mm-hmm. it's time. We are. The time is now. Yeah. Well, Amanda, I, I appreciate you. You have been on, you've been fighting this fight. Um, and it isn't just with Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood is but one organization that mm-hmm. is doing this work. The fight is much greater. And you have been standing with and for um, Amanda's like my little sister. So since you were, I don't know how. Young, I like how I'm her little sister. I'm like all of two years younger, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's real. It's real. The the little sister who began giving advice to the big sister, like, girl, get yourself together. Um, and so I just thank you for continuing to show up and show out because it is your truth uh, and in protection of, of the greater good of the community. We love you. We love you. And we've got your back should you need us any and every time. Um, I appreciate you. Love you too, girl. Love you too. Mm. I'll see you at a bar somewhere soon. I'll be drinking. Amanda (laughs) won't. I will be drinking. But uh, y'all practice self-care too. Whatever you need to take a moment to get through doing all this work that you have to do, figure it out. Because if you don't take care of yourselves, we lose our soldiers and no one else is going to do it. Y'all know the message. I've been saying it. See, see when I bring people on that are my actual friends, you're like, wow, they really all say the same thing. Cause we all got the same values and ideas about how we going to make it through and get over. So thank y'all. One, for freedom fighter. one thing before you go, one freedom fighter that we are praying for today and forever okay. is Shaka. Um, one of our Shaka Zulu out of Atlanta, Georgia, who has been an advocate uh, in our freedom fight in support of women's reproductive freedom is, uh, was shot. What? Yesterday. Mm -hmm. And so prayers up out for holding Shaka and his family um, close to us at this. Atlanta is a whole other conversation. Atlanta is another conversation, but we can't do this work without him. Um, and so I just want to put that out there as, as we continue to spread the love and energy. He is in our thoughts and prayers. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for that. Um, wow, I didn't know that. So yes, everybody send out your vibes for, for healing and recovery and a speedy recovery at that. Um, yep. We continue on, Chris. We fight I, on. We fight, we fight on. on. I love you. Love you too. Bye. There it is. We're done. Star Bands Audio, a podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.